Welcome into another edition of the Wisports.net podcast. I'm Travis Wilson, general manager at Wisports.net, and your host for the WSN podcast. First week in January, the new year, 2021, and obviously we're hoping that, uh, like all aspects of life, 2021 is a little bit better on the high school sports scene than 2020. As we look back at a uh, an unprecedented year last year that included the cancellation of the boys and girls basketball state tournaments, the complete cancellation of the spring sports season, delays and changes in fall sports, including a number of teams opting to move to a uh, an alternate fall uh, excuse me alternate spring schedule for fall sports. It was uh, it was one for the history books for sure. Um, many uh, aspects the the wrong way. Um, certainly, there were some great things that happened in 2020. You know, we we got to see state championships in the fall for most sports other than football. Um, you know, there were some some good things that happened, but it's it's a year in high school sports and in general that we're looking forward to putting them behind us and moving forward into 2021. It's been a little while since we've gotten together on our WSN podcast, but uh, now that things are, you know, back to a little bit more of a, a normal schedule and uh, basketball, winter sports in, in full swing, well, you can look forward to a new WSN podcast each Wednesday right here uh, on your platform of choice, whether that's SoundCloud, um, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, whatever it might be, wherever you enjoy listening. Uh, right on the WSN website, wh- whatever whatever your uh, your cup of tea is, you can find it. So every Wednesday, new WSN podcast coming out. Today's uh, version of the WSN podcast, again, the first week in January here, January 6th, is uh, as we wrap up the recording, uh, we're going to take a look at uh, kind of a, uh, a, a mid-season breakdown with Kate Peterson-Abiad from the WIAA, who oversees the sport of basketball. We're going to connect with her and uh, kind of get her her take on how things have gone this year, uh, what accommodations and protocols and guidelines that have been put in place are, are working, what things have kind of had to been uh, changed or adjusted or shuffled, uh, what she's looking for in terms of, um, you know, what those guidelines and, and protocols will look like for tournament play because right now uh, a lot of what they're doing are guidelines, they're recommendations to schools and schools are handling things differently from you know allowing spectators or not to allowing, some are allowing home spectators but not away spectators, some are using a jump ball, some are not, some are following different protocols, um, but there's going to have to be a standard for the, uh, for the playoffs and for the state tournament. So we'll we'll talk with her about what that could look like, um, and as as many people are interested in finding out what exactly is the state tournament going to look like, and, and the playoffs going to look like. What's the schedule? When are things going to happen? How is the state tournament going to be held? We we know it's not going to be at the Rush Center for girls basketball. It's not going to be at the Cole Center for boys basketball. Uh, almost certainly it's going to be a multi-location state tournament, similar to what we saw in the fall sports, uh, like what they did for volleyball and soccer. But how is that going to work? And how is TV going to work? All those different factors that come into play. Uh, Kate will get us updated on where things stand there. And also some interesting information, as I posted on Twitter yesterday, some interesting information that 
Uh, she provided in our interview regarding sectional contests and where those will be held. So uh, it's going to be a good conversation with Kate coming up in, in just a moment. Uh, by the way, you can look forward to next week. We'll do a kind of a midseason breakdown with Mark Miller on the boys' basketball side, Norbert Durst on the girls' basketball side, and get caught up on where things stand there. Because really, we are at the halfway point. Um, you know, this is a condensed schedule. I think it's 11 weeks. Usually it's 14 weeks for the basketball schedule. And we're right about halfway uh, through that. So, you know, it'd be a good time to check in with Mark and Norbert to. Uh, get a sense on where things stand, team-wise, uh, individual-wise, you know, all-state and, and Mr. and Miss basketball uh, races, those those kinds of things. Um, so it's it's going to be a, a jam-packed show next week. But this week, again, we're talking with Kate Peterson-Abiad from the WIAA uh, about where things are at, how things have gone, and uh, just kind of get caught up with her. Uh, going forward. Of course, don't forget, you can find all kinds of information throughout the season on Wisports.net. We've got into uh, producing the weekly three-point challenge leaderboard. You can find that on Mondays. By the way, coaches have to have stats in for games, all games to that point for three-point shooting by Monday at 8 a.m. If there's one game missing stats, if there's one game where you know there there was a partial box score in, so there's three-point makes but not attempts, um, anything like that, any missing information, they're not included on the weekly leaderboard. Now, that doesn't mean that they can't be added the next week if things get updated, but uh, you know, it, it's it's got to be updated. If if there's a missing game, that can throw things off considerably. So those players are not included on that list at that time. Uh, last year, the WI did put a number of check uh, points in place for the three point challenge, December twentieth. January 20th, and then the last uh, Monday uh, before regionals for boys and girls when coaches had to have things updated. And if they did not, then those players could not be eligible for the challenge at the end of the year. This year, with things being different, a delayed start, uh, the WI did waive that December 20th checklist. But coming up soon on January 20th, uh, players will have to have stats updated by then to be eligible for the end of the year. We're not sure if if the three-point challenge will happen, where it will happen, how it will happen, uh, we don't know exactly what's going to happen with that. But uh, we're kind of operating under the assumption that that there will be something, and that there will, uh, you know, we're hopeful that there will be something that will be to to happen with the three-point challenge. So we're going to continue to producing those weekly leaderboards each and every week. Coaches polls on Tuesdays. Mark and Norbert are getting out to games and, and getting uh, game updates and, and stories and uh, you know kind of recap type things throughout the week as well. So it uh, it should be obviously a daily destination at Wisports.net. And uh, in addition to just a regular schedule of games, we're uh, we're very excited and happy to be able to provide a list of games that are streamed. Of course, that's a big big thing this year with. Uh, limited fan attendance at, at most locations or all locations. Um, more and more games are streamed online each and every night. And you can find that list of streamed games, video streams, right on the schedule pages for uh, each day or a, on a team schedule page, however you want to look at it, and, uh, and, and get a link right to the stream. Many of them are free, whether it's through YouTube or Facebook or, or something else. Some of them do require a subscription, perhaps through the NFHS network, um, through Just a Game Live, uh, you know, any, any number of other 
uh, streaming options. And, and of course, there's local uh, coverage that's done at, uh, at a lot of those, whether it's a TV station, a radio station, just a local media entity uh, that are streaming games as well. So you can find that list of games, uh, again, right on the schedule page for Boys and Girls Basketball. And uh, obviously scores coming in at night, uh, box scores, all the, all the good stuff that you're used to. So make sure that you're checking it out. With the condensed winter season fast approaching the, uh, the end point already, uh, I think we're technically maybe already halfway through or, or past halfway through the season, thought it would be a good idea to check in with uh, Kate Peterson-Abiad from the WIAA, who oversees the uh, sports of basketball for the WIAA, and get an update on where things stand for uh, how the season has gone, some of the challenges that, that may lay ahead, uh, potential state tournament plans things like that. Uh, so we'll bring on Kate and, uh, and get right into it. Kate, uh, really appreciate you taking some time to join us and, and shed a little bit of light on, uh, on where things are at right now. I'm glad to be a part of this. Thank you for giving me the chance to speak to you and, and answer potentially some questions that maybe many people have at this point. Yeah, I imagine you're getting bombarded right now with, with questions, uh, not only you know, in-season type stuff and protocols and, and rules and regulations, but also, you know, what's coming up, what's down the road, what's playoffs going to look like. And, and we'll get into that in a minute. But I, I want to take a, a second to just kind of get up to speed on where things stand right now and, and get your thoughts on how this winter season has gone. There was a lot of, you know, unexpectedness and, and we weren't sure how it was going to work, what was going to work, who was going to play. Uh, just kind of give us your thoughts on on how things have gone this year uh, in in basketball, specifically the sports that that you oversee. Well, I can tell you to begin with, um, I feel like we celebrate the victories. You know, we 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 see that there are games that are you know being postponed or canceled, and that that we feel, I think, coming into this season that that was going to be. Um, a part of this year, uh, but we, I think we are pleasantly surprised when we have programs that are, you know, able to be com- to compete and the protocols being followed and, and games are being played and we are celebrating the fact that we are moving forward in this season and and as a as a state we've not had to put the brakes on or, or stop but we we can. Um, continue to push forward and having conversations about what the tournament will look like, which, you know, uh, as the year started, we just didn't know what was going to be possible. So I'm glad to be where we are right now, making those types of decisions, having those kinds of conversations as we head into the home stretch. The WIAA, with the help of the Sports Medical Advisory Committee and um, the state of Wisconsin, DPI, and, and many others, put together a, a great list of protocols and, and recommendations and accommodations for this season and, and how different things are and, and have to be. Um, is there anything that you've had to adjust or change along the way since the season got started? Maybe some things that you know we didn't think about or that, that have just you know, have, have been different than what you expected? Any changes that have that have happened during the year? I think one of the biggest things is uh, that we, we, we gave recommendations of, of what, like concepts of things that could be followed in order to improve the safety measures, um, you know, for, I guess, trying to keep COVID at bay. And 
I I think that has potentially created some situations that maybe we didn't, you know, foresee in that different schools are doing different things. And, and we would expect that depending on what the severity is of COVID in your area at that time. And we're seeing um, conferences make decisions about how they want to do things. For example, the jump ball, or are we going to pass the ball in, um, you know, to start the game, those types of scenarios where we've given suggestions, but the latitude for conferences or individual programs to make those decisions for their school. And so what we're finding is that uh, we get a lot of questions about, I thought it was supposed to be this, but now we went to this school and it was that. And realizing that there are a lot of uh, protocols that schools have come up with. And, um, and, and so sometimes when you go play three games in one week, you could be experiencing uh, quite a difference in the way each school handles the game. And as we move forward into the tournament, I'm going to have to really pinpoint those things and say, well, here's going to be our tournament protocol when it comes to all those things. So it's going to be the same game in and game out throughout our tournament. And so I think that'll be uh, a really exhaustive process because I'm not sure of all the all of the accommodations that schools have made. Uh, there may be some that really make sense to me um, and, and that I should consider. So, so I'll have to do some research on that and, and figure out what protocols we want to implement into the tournament series. We're talking with Kate Peterson-Abiad, the assistant director at the WIAA in charge of the sports of basketball during the wintertime. Um, one of the things that you know, we were a little unsure of as well coming into the season was the status and availability of officials in the state, uh, something that, you know, different areas have struggled with normally. And then, um, you know, in, in this time, some some people opting out and, and we weren't quite sure where things were going to be. In, in your experience or talking to schools or maybe even as you've began to look at uh, official scheduling for the postseason, how, how challenging has uh, a finding officials or a, an official shortage been this year in the sport of basketball? Well, I think that's probably a better question to, um, you know, some of the assigners or the conference commissioners who uh, have been the ones who've had to put, you know, officials onto games thus far. I will begin doing that for basketball, you know, as soon as we open the, I think we're actually opening up the availability starting tomorrow. So I will, I will see how difficult that is. What I've found is that in, in the other sports that I, that I oversee, in the fall, I found that we had this approximately the same number of people who put in for the tournament, but not the same number of officials who are available all year long. So what that says to me is that there are officials who are putting in for the tournament who maybe have never done that before. Maybe they didn't feel that they would qualify or get, get an assignment, so they haven't bothered to put in. And now this year, they're thinking this could be, this could be a year that – I could get some games. So they're, they're putting, I think there are some people who are putting in for playoffs that maybe haven't before. And so we haven't seen that in a signing. We haven't seen um, the shortage so much in the assigning for tournaments at this point, uh, but we're not seeing some of the familiar names. And so I definitely know that, you know, I've heard many scenarios, different family situations, different individual situations uh, where officials that, that we've used on a regular basis have just 
opted out this year. And so maybe different people, uh, but, but as far as I know at this point, we should have the officials to cover, maybe not the same, maybe not the same names. The uh, the schedule that was laid out by the Board of Control back in whatever it was, July or August, in terms of the adjusted sports seasons, did adjust the, the end of the basketball season, moved the, the dates for the tournaments up a, a couple of weeks. Um, what, what were some early challenges that that created with a, a little bit more condensed schedule and then the change in the dates of the, uh, the playoffs and the state tournament? Well, a couple of things. One is that we, you know, we had scheduled venues for the sectionals for boys and girls basketball, um, and those sectional dates then, of course, changed when the the season was condensed. Uh, So initially, we were checking with schools to find out were those sites going to be available on these different dates, and then in addition to that, were the schools still willing to host? Uh, games when, you know, with with the current situation, especially since, you know, those are neutral sites, and so technically those schools don't have any skin in the game. Um, so there, there was, we did see that there was some hesitancy for some neutral sites to be hosting games between two communities that are not a part of their own. Um, and re- as recently as yesterday, I was counting up the number of openings that I now have on sectional semis and sectional finals for the playoffs for both boys and girls. And there's more than 20 openings in each tournament for host schools. Um, Having reviewed that, we made the decision here that we will be having our sectional semis and sectional finals hosted in basketball by the home of the higher seed. Wow, that's that's interesting. I don't know that I had uh, had heard that. Um, obviously, a change from the, from the way it's been recently, but uh, certainly seems to to make sense. And uh, especially as you said, when there's so many challenges that are uh, that are you know in place for neutral site uh, neutral site hosting. Uh, remind me, was was that a something that had to be done in volleyball as well, or were you able to find neutral sites in volleyball in the fall? Uh, Steph- mm-hmm. uh, Stephanie Hauser does uh, does volleyball, but um, yep. Is that how it went in volleyball as well, do you know? It ended up being that way, and uh, she and I talked yesterday about it, and she said that it got to the point with so many cancellations, um, you know, once a team. So volleyball's scenario is that if you are selected as, as the host and your team makes it, you can still host. That's not true in basketball. Technically, in previous years, it had to be a neutral site once you hit once you hit the sectional rounds. So now we're in a scenario where teams are always hosting, or schools are always hosting two teams that are not a part of their community. Um, she found it significantly difficult to find replacements, so they had to switch their tournament to be the you know the home or the the higher seed would host. So we discussed that yesterday as I looked at how many schools have now dropped out of hosting uh, at the sectional level for both boys and girls and felt that uh, just trying to, to find 40 more hosts for sectionals at this point is, is almost impossible. Um, and, and after discussing it with some, 
people, you know, here and also in the basketball world in Wisconsin felt that this was a step that, while not favorable, it probably has to be done this way this year. And certainly we'll look forward to the opportunity to go back to having neutral sites uh, for the sectional rounds, but necessary for this year. Our conversation with Kate Peterson-Abiad from the WIA continues. And uh, let's let's get into some of the questions that I'm sure you've been uh, been receiving quite frequently over the last uh, few weeks and, and even months, and and that revolves around the state playoffs, the state tournament. Uh, what are the latest uh, that, that you can provide on planning uh, in in scheduling for the playoffs and for the state tournament? Well, this is an ongoing conversation. It's a daily conversation that I'm having in my office and, and with people that uh, will be a part of this tournament series. Um, we've, we've had conversations with uh, our television production crews and trying to figure out how to televise uh, from multiple sites and what the limitations will be with that and uh, trying to determine with the sports medical what will be allowed if we need to do this on one one day or if, if overnight stays would be allowed um you know looking at the models that we use in the fall we discouraged anyone from going the day before and said we're going to play all games on one day and then everyone's going to head back out of town uh, that may very well be the same scenario for basketball um i will be putting together uh, this week uh, within the next probably 48 hours, several options for what basketball could look like from a tournament plan uh, scenario, and then sending those both to TV as well as the sports medical people, talk about in our office and find out what simply will not work and and what could work. Um, My feeling is that where TV would like to see this go is probably a, a totally different uh, well, I guess what works for TV is different than what sports medical has in mind. And and so we're just going to have to come up with a scenario that's that's going to work for communities, for facilities, for travel, uh, for televising, for, you know, keeping kids safe and, and all of those scenarios. And, and really, I'd like to have this determined within the next seven days. As you said, a lot of variables that, that go into play in making that all work. Uh, different people, different viewpoints, different entities that, that have to be uh, to be worked around. Um, I, I imagine it's a little bit tougher balancing act and putting everything together and, and kind of a you know putting a, a jigsaw puzzle together. Probably a little tougher than than what people might imagine. Well, it's just so different, and you know one of the things that I keep saying is that there's a lot of work to, to go into running a state tournament on a normal year. Now we, it's, it's a situation where we pretty much have to throw the baby out with the bathwater and start all over again because everything is new from where we're going to be to how we're going to go about the procedures, how we're going to clean and how, how long between games, the whole schedule, the whole format really has to be recreated. So while doing a tournament is 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 time consuming you know the setup the the collaboration is it's time consuming normally but 
it also becomes familiar after you've done it several times. And now we're just in a scenario where we're trying to kind of reinvent the wheel here and put something together that will work. And I can tell you that one of the greatest feelings I had through the fall season was just how outstanding our member schools were who took on, you know, a portion of our state tournament and, you know, made it their own and and helped us to provide something to the student athletes around the state. And I'm just I'm just really almost in awe of what the high school athletic directors and conference commissioners and AD or principals and you know just superintendents what what they're doing right now how they're stretching themselves to try to provide opportunities for kids and that we had so many people jump in and volunteer to help us produce a state tournament scenario in our fall sports I am I, I feel I believe very strongly that it's going to be the same when we hit these winter sports. And for basketball, I don't know yet who those people will be that I'll be working with, but I'm very confident that our membership will will do the very best job they can do to make this a special event. Uh, a few more questions before we uh, wrap up and, and let you go here perhaps. Uh, some changes as well, uh, you know, talking about fluidity and, and changes and, and just kind of being ready for, for anything that comes at you. Some changes in the WI office that, that have occurred and, and will be occurring. Uh, Dave Anderson announced that he will be retiring in June, uh, June or July. Um, uh, you also had uh, Cassie Mortimer, who's uh, been promoted to assistant director. Joan Gralla retired after many years at the WI office. It's got to be a little bit different feeling perhaps in the office as well with some of the changes uh, from a, a personnel perspective. It is. There's there's a lot of change going on here right now, and um, you know Joan Joan was posting pictures yesterday of cross country skiing on her first day of retirement, which is really exciting for her. She worked here for a long time, was a big part of our office, and you know yeah, you mentioned Cassie now has moved into an executive position, and you know Dave announcing his retirement on June 30th, and you know the the board of control is already having discussions about how to, um, you know, go about this process. The job has been posted, and and all of us here in the office, you know, we talk regularly about what's next for us and who will be in that chair and and how will uh, how will things change. I mean, I think that's that's normal in any business when when you have a change in leadership that. There's a lot of questions floating around, and where will we go from here, and what will what will be next? And we have a lot of confidence that uh, the board of control will hire, find someone that's that will be really good for this organization, and and hire them uh, to lead us into the next decade. And um, it's you know I think it's it's just a time of change, but it, it also can cause a little you know, anxiety and, and worry and, and that type of thing as well as, as, um, as we know that our day-to-day operations may change, uh, maybe, maybe in large part or maybe just a little. But um, we are all looking forward to finding out who's next and, and how we'll move forward from here. You're coming up uh, soon on three years at the WIAA after many years at the uh, college coaching level. Uh, you know, as you look back over these last three years, What's kind of been your uh, your synopsis, your feeling on on how things have gone, and 
you know, what the future holds for you in, in your role at the WIAA? I think the first year that I was here, I, I actually made the comment that I feel um, like I'm an imposter, like sitting in someone else's desk and, you know, after spending 27 years in one profession, um, you know, just kind of feeling out of place and trying to get up to speed and going from, you know, at times as a head coach at a, at the division one level, sitting in an office with, with my staff and being, you know, the, the most experienced person in the room to becoming the least experienced person in the room. And that's a, that's a, uh, sometimes a tough pill to swallow, but, uh, I've had the opportunity to work with this group of people now for almost three years, and just the guidance and and wisdom that has been shared with me has been tremendous. And and obviously things have gotten easier uh, from a standpoint of of making a complete career shift. Um, and then COVID hits, and and everything I thought I'd learned just goes out the window, and we're trying to do new things. But um, but it has been a really positive change in my life and um, in the life of my family. And and so I'm pleased to be back in the state of Wisconsin where I grew up. And I'm, um, you know, really, I think, really hopeful and excited about what we can continue to do here at the WIAA to serve um, high school athletics and, and the experience that these athletes will have throughout their high school career. Kate, we'll uh, we'll let you out of the hot seat and, and get back to your regular work and, and, and the busy schedule that you have trying to put everything together over the next couple of weeks. We do appreciate you taking some time to join us on the uh, WSN podcast. It's It's been great working with you and look to continue uh, that that relationship with the WIAA. And uh, we'll, we'll talk to you down the road, I'm sure. Thanks so much, Travis. I really appreciate the opportunity to speak with you. So there you have it. Updates from Kate Peterson-Abiad on uh, a number of factors and a number of things related to the high school basketball season. I promise I didn't uh, pay her to to say nice things about us and, and uh, thank us for having her on. Uh, but uh, very gracious with her time to, to come on and share some updates uh, because there are a lot of people that have been curious on, on how things are going to work, what, what the playoffs are going to look like. Obviously still things being figured out in the WIAA office um, working with TV partners, working with facilities, working with schools, working with the medical group, working with a, a lot of different people to put it all together. Uh, not as easy as, uh, as it just maybe seems sometimes on the surface. So uh, we'll look for more information coming out. Uh, as, as Kate mentioned, probably in the next week or so, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get a little bit uh, more detailed information on what the plan will look like, what the schedule will look like, um, you know, what TV opportunities are going to be available, um, you know, when when it's going to be held, where, all that good stuff. So, uh, some good updates from from Kate, and uh, we'll look forward to some some more of that information coming out very soon. That'll do it for this uh, this first 2021 version of the WSN podcast. Again, make sure you're checking out Wisports.net each and every day. Follow us on Twitter at Wisports.net. Follow me at TravisWSN. We'll get you the tags for uh, Norbert and Mark next week when we chat with them, but uh, I'm sure if you're listening, you're probably following all of us anyways to get the, uh, the daily scoop on what's going on in high school sports. I am Travis Wilson, general manager at Wisports.net. This has been a Wisports.net podcast. We'll see you at a game.